Welcome to Podheim, Jurok's Valheim podcast. Let's give him the business. Hey, everybody. Today is June 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Jurok the Viking, and joining me today are my fellow Vikings, Gwen the Shield Maiden. Hello. Shield Maiden, Morning Darkness. Hello. And joining us for the first time is Viking the Halitosis Kid. Hey, how you doing? Remember that first time you chopped a tree down and it fell on your head, giving you the business? I bet you tried to trick your friends into standing near a tree as you chopped it down so they could get the business too. Well, you can give your friend the business again. All you have to do is share our podcast with them. Podheim, Jirox Valheim Podcast. We'll give them the business. Yeah. Yeah. Today, I want to introduce our guest co-host, the Halitosis Kid. Welcome to the podcast, HK. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. So can you first off explain to our audience what Halitosis means and why you're named the Halitosis Kid? (laughs) Sure. I I guess I've always been one for self-deprecating humor, so it fits me well. Uh, I don't know if you remember the game Bloodborne when that was out. You could uh, it was like a Souls game, and there was a lot of PvP. So I changed my name to Halitosis. So whenever I killed someone in PvP, they would see a message basically saying you've been killed by bad breath. <laughs> and uh, then then it just kind of <laughs> stuck. I, when I when I started playing uh, another game, I changed it to the Halitosis Kid because it was a cowboy themed game. Mm, so the cow- cowboy version stuck, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeehaw for that. There you go. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You darn tootins, Thorin, if you're listening. (laughs) So uh, halitosis, or HK for short, is probably what I'll uh, say, one of those two. Can you tell our uh, audience where you're from in the world? Yeah, uh, well, I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I used to always say that's where I am from. But I've been in Los Angeles for significantly longer than I lived in D.C., so I guess I'm from L.A. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in L.A., but I left when I just barely entered adulthood hood around 19. So I don't really say I'm from Los Angeles. Uh, and I've spent most of my adult life in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I pretty much say that's that's where I'm from. But can you tell was- us uh, what kind of games you used to play before you discovered Valheim? Uh, well, I first played... My first video game I ever played was uh, Space Invaders in like the Roller Wink lobby. Uh, but since then, I've kind of uh, moved on to. I played a lot of Civilization and top down strategy games like that. And then I moved into first person shooters. And then I found my biggest love, which is role playing video games. Uh, the one I played most recently that I loved was uh, Divinity Original Sin. And uh, then Valheim, uh, building games. Minecraft, stuff like that, where I can, you know, harvest and build and, and, you know, try and make things look good. Ah, right. So did you play many other uh, MMOs? I did. I played, uh, let's see, I started with Ultima Online. Mm, Uh, Actually, no, that's not true. (laughs) I'm sorry. I started with multi-user dungeons on BBSs. I might be really dating myself there. (laughs) Games like Trade Wars and stuff like that. I remember playing some of those. Yeah. Turn left. No, was it north, west, south, or east? There's a room. <laughs> There's yeah. a goblin. <laughs> it's all text-based. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So then uh, I, I played. So I went to EverQuest, and then we did uh, 
EverQuest 2, and then I did WoW. I did a couple of other ones in between there. Uh, and then uh, after, after a while, though, it was too toxic. It got too toxic for me, so I left the MMO world. Mm. Did you play any other survival games before Valheim? Well, I did. I played, uh, like I said, I played a lot of Minecraft, and I also played uh, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is a space survival game. Oh, yeah. And that's actually kind of how I found Valheim, because I followed a bunch of builders on No Man's Sky, and from there, they started doing Valheim videos. And at first, I didn't want to do it, because I was invested, but... I haven't played No Man's Sky in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I have it sitting there. I keep letting Steam update it. But yeah, I, I don't really play it <laughs> since I've been into Valheim either. <laughs> and so what attracted you to play on Jirox gaming servers? Well, I was devouring as much content as I could about Valheim. And I was actually watching uh, 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 Gaming with Christy. I think you guys know Gaming with Christy. I was watching her yeah. stream with another guy from No Man's Sky. And I would play Valheim while watching their stream and chat with them about Valheim at the same time. And it kind of felt like I was playing with friends. And then I stumbled. I'd seen your videos in the past, but at one point I stumbled on either a stream or a recording of one of your events where you were doing a cart race. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember Vaste won that cart race. <laughs> and, yeah. and, th and then there was another event oh, after yeah. that, one of the, it was like a, it, like a siege event or something, and you announced that you were going to do a seasonal server with like special bosses and everything. And within 20 minutes, I had uh, applied on your Discord. And I was playing <laughs> within, I don't know, 24 hours of that. Haven't gone back to my single player world since. So, were you playing a solo before joining Jurok servers? Yeah, I gotten up to about day twelve hundred on my solo game, and I still hadn't killed Yaglith. But uh, I've killed the Yaglith since I've been here. So, yeah. And, and uh, what are so some of your favorite things about playing on the servers now that you're with us on Jurok uh, servers? I, you know, to be honest. I, I would have a hard time picking one. I think one of my favorite things do I do is the every two weeks we do the the big community build for the hotel in uh, the resource server, and that for me is just a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. But I just I really like to play and have people on the voice chat while I play, just to listen to what they're doing, ask them questions, or talk about what I'm doing. Yeah. So playing in a community is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's always been my thing too. Uh, single players, it's it's fun for a little while, and then it's fun to share experiences. Just I think pretty much like in real life. I remember doing a couple of big events in real life. Like I took a hike up to a Half Dome and did the cable climb, and I I did it with a group. Luckily, uh, so it was kind of fun to get to meet new people. But it would have been even better if I could have shared that experience with people that I knew. But you know. You, you get to know people, you get to make new friends if you expose yourself to new crowds. And I guess that's kind of what a multiplayer server has to offer too, right? Yes, yes. And and don't get me wrong, the events that we have here are really great. I'll, I'll, I had a wonderful experience, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit later, with uh, the raid on Naomi, new Omi. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. So, yeah, and I, yeah before we get into all the uh, cool Valheim stuff, I just... 
like to get a little update from everybody, see if anybody did anything interesting over the last week or the weekend. And HK, why don't you tell us about your um, experiences? Well, I was terribly ill. Oh, no. So I, I played oh, Minecraft. No. Played a lot of Minecraft with my son and uh, another game called Inquisition. Uh, it's got a multiplayer thing, and my wife and I played that together. But I missed my D and D slash pool party session, so I'm bummed out about that. Oh no! Wait, when you say pool party, is it an actual pool party, or is it? Well, it's a bunch of dorks at a pool party. It's you know not like hot people. You know, <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, you know, because sometimes when I talk to Morning Darkness, she talks about stuff and I'm like, I can't tell if she's talking or referring to something in D&D. So like not real or <laughs> if see. she's referring to something in real life. No, <laughs> so no, I guess no. that was my question. <laughs> oh, so you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and in the game, all, all the characters That's went a to pool a pool party. and had a party. Yes. <laughs> No, no, I never uh, know. I never know. Or did you have a pool what? party in real life and everybody was on floaties playing Dungeons and Dragons? Well, <laughs> we don't want to get our character sheets wet, so we just jump in every once in a while and then get oh. back out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Sounds fun. I have to admit, I have not played Dungeons and Dragons or any other role playing game in between getting in and out of a pool. How about you, Morning? Have you done that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what about you, Morning? Have you did you do anything interesting over the last week? Well, uh, yes. Uh, so, Gwen, you're gonna like this one, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh. I was I was making costumes for a game I was gonna be in this weekend, a live action role play yeah. game. And oh, cool. I was LARP. I was so yeah yeah a LARP. I was sewing a cape nice. out of velvet. Oh dear! <laughs> with, <laughs> that's, it, hold it on, was hold going on, it gets well better. You said it velvet. gets better. It gets better with a silk lining. Oh Jesus! Why do you do this to yourself? Stop! You need to stop. <laughs> I was supposed to make two capes, but I ended up only making the one because I ended up having to hand stitch the whole thing because my yeah. sewing machine was just not. It was just not happening. So uh, for anyone who uh, missed our previous conversation a couple of weeks back about sewing and how certain fabrics are absolute hell on earth to try to sew, well, uh, anything satin or silky and um, and velvet are two of the worst fabrics to sew on the sewing machine. I combined them. You are a masochist. I have no other words. <laughs> so anyway, I was in this LARP and uh, I was a necromancer. And so it was a really great premise for a game. It's it's based on, it was based on a, a different like pre-written LARP that's been around for a while. But uh, what the what the writer of this game did is she took a concept based on a book series called, starting with Gideon the Ninth written by Tasman Muir. Uh, basically, if you haven't heard of it, think of necromancer space lesbians. And <laughs> necromancers are freaking terrifying. Uh, and that'll give you kind of like on par with what the book's about. And it's very fun. Uh, very, very, it's a very meme-filled book. <laughs> Little tropey, <laughs> but uh, very fun. And so I played a necromancer that was ill and the whole goal is to like waltz with different people to try to figure out who your perfect cavalier partner is. And there were fake sword fights that were absolutely ridiculous and over the top. And um, it was really fun. Awesome. 
Sounds like an exciting time. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I've never done LARPing, but I guess, well, reenactment is not too far from that's, that. Uh, maybe yeah, that's fantasy, pretty close. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because there's quite a lot of, well, quite a few, there's two types of reenactors. There's those that are quite happy to also do LARP and, you know, they cross over the, the two worlds. And then there's those that kind of look at LARPers and, and also at the SCA, for anyone who's uh, familiar with that, the Society for... Uh, something creative anachronism. Yeah. So it's basically, uh, it's a very Amer North American thing. There's not that much representation of the SCA in Europe, but it's basically, I would say, kind of in between reenactment and LARP, where it's like not completely historically accurate, but also not, not completely fantasy. Um, and there's always like a group of reenactors that are very much like looking down on, on LARPers or people from the SCA being like, why don't you do the real thing? If you put that much effort into your costumes, you might as well, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't care. I find it fun. Like LARP sounds uh, very fun. Plus you get to do things like necromancy and, you know, be, be whatever you want and do fantasy related things. So why not? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got one done and I was going to wear it, but since my, my co-team partner, we're at the same house. It's hard to explain. My cavalier um, ended up needing something. So I let him wear it. And then I wore uh, just like a, a cowl that I had gotten completed. So we still were kind of matchies. Uh, <laughs> I want to um, see the cape. I hope you post a, you share a picture of the, of the cape. I, I will share. Is pictures. it, is it really swooshy? Does it like swoosh around when you, can you do like the cool? It's, it's a half cape. It so it's, it's almost like a Tudor's cape where uh. it, it buttons on the side and the cape goes down just past the fingers and it, you know, drapes back over the shoulder so oh, that you can easily cool. access your sword. Yeah. And it is very swooshy. Yeah, it has to be. All, all very things soft. have to be swooshy. <laughs> That's the it's number one requirement. <laughs> very soft <laughs> and uh, very pretty. I actually have it hanging up in my room right now. <laughs> very awesome. cool. Can't wait to see it. Well, Gwen, I know that you were pretty busy because you missed the pad podcast last week. Can you tell us uh, what pulled you away from us? Yeah, well, uh, everyone grab a seat because it's going to be a long one. <laughs> I'll try to keep it brief and uh, feel free to ask follow-up questions if you want to know more. But essentially, I disappeared from um, the servers and uh, the podcast because I went to York for a week, uh, York in England, and mostly to attend the Jorvik Viking Festival, which is, I think, UK's one of UK's biggest uh, annual festivals around the kind of Viking era. And for those who know a bit of history, uh, you would probably recognize Jorvik as the Viking or Norse name for York. It was a name of uh, that was given to, to York by the Danes when they invaded, essentially. Um, and it was the capital of the Dane law um, and the, the basically the, the Viking um, conquest of England so uh, back in the mean, 9th century. Does that mean that New York was named by Vikings? <laughs> well, it was named by people who were then uh, <laughs> maybe descendants of Vikings, who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, so York York is has a really, really old history. It's uh, 
one of the, it's always been a bit of the capital of the North because of its placement in England. It's kind of halfway between the South of England where London and other big towns are. Um, and with, uh, like halfway up the country towards Scotland. Um, it's also very close to the coast, uh, which is why it, it, that whole coast coastal area was the first place that the, the, the Danes at the time, as they were called, uh, invaded because it was a, a short, uh, sail across the sea for them, uh, from Denmark and, uh, and, and, and Sweden. Um, and so there's a, a ton of history in that area. Um, before the, the Vikings, the, uh, Romans had invaded, well, pretty much all of England. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, history and, and, and remains of like Romans. There's, uh, then of course the Anglo-Saxons and then the Vikings and after that, the Normans. So there's a, a huge amount of history there. And, uh, yeah, York has a big connection with kind of Viking history in, in England for that reason. And they have a fantastic a museum called the Jorvik Viking Center, uh, which you can I recommend visiting if you're uh, over there in uh, in York or in the area. And every year they organize a big festival, and it's usually I think across ten days, and it's usually in February. But because of uh, well COVID and plague reasons, they decided to move the date from February to May, which is why it ended up being last week. And uh, yeah, for that reason, it was a bit smaller apparently. From previous years, it was my first year attending, so I didn't really see much of. Uh, well, I didn't know what to compare it to, but from what I heard from the reenactors and other people attending, it was a little bit smaller um, than what it would normally be. But it was still great, and essentially, it was a whole weekend of there was a bunch of reenactment markets, Viking markets, lots of people selling uh, crafts and selling things, uh, items, and um, you know, Viking related things. Uh, there was also a living history camp with people showing displays of crafts and all sorts where you could go and talk to reenactors and learn about the history of how people lived um, at the time and lots of interesting things. And there was also a, uh, I, we missed that unfortunately, because we arrived on the day um, it was happening, but there's also a big march that they do where all the reenactors all in their Viking gear would march down the streets of York in all the very um, historical parts of York. And at the end of the march, they all gather in a, a, a big grassy area and they do a fight. And I missed all of that. Unfortunately, I saw mm. some videos of it. It looked amazing, but, uh, yeah, so there's stuff like that happening. And then around that, um, <coughs> there's lots of little events and, uh, lots of cool things to do around town. So yeah, went there for a week. I was uh, actually working remotely from there for a couple of days. Um, I'm lucky enough that I can I can do that because I work remotely. I don't have an office, so <laughs> I could pretty much pick up my laptop and go work from anywhere. So decided to be in York for that week and uh, yeah, uh, discovered York, beautiful city, full of medieval buildings because of its history. Lots of great buildings and things to, to see. Lots of cool bars and um, very old pubs that look like taverns. And, uh, and yeah, fantastic time in, in York. I think I'm going to have to add that to one of my future trips. It sounds amazing. Yeah. It's York itself is really pretty. It's, there's just so much history. Uh, you walk down cobble streets with like the typical medieval buildings, you know, like with the overhangs and like everything is just so amazing. And 
Uh, if you do, for anyone listening who is in England or who is planning a trip to England, if you do go to York, go visit the Jorvik Viking uh, Center, but also visit the Barley Hall, which is a medieval townhouse that was restored and uh, basically filled with items that people would have uh, used and how it would have looked like in the 14th century. And that was one of the highlights of my trip, I think, because just walking around in that townhouse and getting to see how rooms would be pretty much organized and set and what kind of everyday items people would have used in, in that time was pretty amazing. It's a great way to learn. That's why I love living history so much because it's just a very good way to learn about history. Um, and, uh, and yeah, another place I would recommend visiting is Merton Park, which is a little bit outside of York. Um, and it's a, it's a farming museum. But it's a huge site, and they so happen to also have a Roman fort, a reconstructed Roman fort, oh, cool. and a Viking village there. And so we went there on the way back at the end of our trip, stopped by the Viking village, and I had the best time and encounter with this tiny, it's quite a small, well, it was not many of them there, but it was a small a Viking reenactment group, locals. Uh, they do this every year and they, they kind of often are at that um, center. Um, and I spoke there with the y'all of that group and we basically spoke for two hours. We were only meant to be there like just really shortly, but we ended up talking about so many stuff, like really sharing stuff about like Viking era, about our love for reenactment. Um, and he offered me a tiny bottle of his homemade mead because we we just yeah basically I befriended the yarl and he offered me mead <laughs> <laughs> and it was it's such a such good mead now I have to find a way to source more from him in the future because it is very delicious. That's delightful. So so when you meet these Vikings, do you ask them if they play Valheim? I don't actually. Uh, it doesn't really come up. I never really. Th- think of it also it's like i don't know you see those people who are like basically uh living on camps and stuff like that for the weekend of course they all have like day jobs and stuff like that but you see them in that context quite outdoorsy you know living a historical life and it just feels a bit out of place to be like hey by the way do you game do you play this survival game it just (laughs) i don't know i I should ask though because i'm sure they would if they're in character (laughs) They'll look at you strange and say, I know not of this thing you speak of. What is this video game? <laughs> yeah. Well, my weekend, week and weekend weren't nearly as exciting, but uh, I did do my monthly uh, poker game uh, and I also won it again this uh, month. I ended up placing uh, first. So people are starting like, we need to keep an eye on that. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 exactly. They think it's rigged. <laughs> and, uh, then Saturday, I hosted a barbecue, and oh my goodness, was that fun. I had about uh, 15 people over, and we all got pretty well juiced, and uh, there was lots of dancing going on into the evening out in the backyard. But, uh, nice. We were, we're nice. Respo- so, you, yeah. so you got to dance too. <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. I dance like crazy. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, but I move. <laughs> Did you, uh, what was it last time uh, you told us that you, you you basically ripped your your ACL or something by dancing the MC Hammer dance? Oh, you remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't injure yourself this time. Yeah, every time I, I start breaking into some crazy dance moves, uh, everybody starts going, oh, be careful, be careful. 
<laughs> and especially if the MC Hammer song comes on because everybody looks at me, is he going to dance? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that happened. And then Sunday, uh, full weekend, we went to the Alameda Antiques Fair again, got some cool little treasures. I got an old Coca-Cola drinking glass. I have a couple of Pepsi ones. This is my first Coca-Cola one. So that's nice. And to continue adding to our animals in our front yard, we got these little uh, rock ants. So they're the metal wire frames for the legs and and the connecting body parts. But then it just uses like regular um, like river rocks about the size of a softball to form the, uh-huh. the three segments of the body. And we got a couple of those for our yard to look really cool. Couple of signs, and then one thing that I really love is I picked up an original Battlestar Galactica lunchbox, and it's in really good condition. Ooh. It looks really cool. So, oh my goodness, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, I have a star, an original Star Wars one too, but it's really, really beat up. But this one is in really great condition. So, I was happy to put it on my shelf with my other things. I have a welcome back Cotter lunchbox that I found in my dad's garage. <laughs> hey, that's probably worth something to somebody. And I just want to take a quick break from the show to share with you one of my sponsors, The Grimfrost, an amazing company that sells really, really cool Viking products. They have over a thousand different modern and historical Viking products. If you're interested, you should check them out. I have a link in the description, or you can go to my website, jirokthevikingcom slash Grimfrost. Now back to the show. So next, we're going to talk about Valheim news. And Gwen, do you want to start us off with some Valheim news? Yes, we did get some Valheim news. We got a new patch from the public test branch. Uh, The patch 0.209.5. And it announced some pretty cool stuff, some new content. We will uh, finally get the maples that will be enabled in the building menu. So just... Uh, as a reminder, PTB, the, the public test branch, means that it's now on uh, test for the beta test. No, the beta testers, the, the people who are part of their um, uh, public testing. And as soon as they can fix all the bugs and confirm that everything is fine, uh, they will then release it f- uh, for like as a, as a normal patch for everyone to get. So right now you can only get it, I think, if you're part of the public test branch, right? Yep. Uh, but yeah, that means that usually if all goes well, uh, the, in, within the next week or so, we should probably see, uh, and maybe by the time this podcast is out, it might already be uh, patched out for everyone. So yeah, Yay. we will get finally the maples, which Yay, we were maples. starting to wonder, right? We were like, well, it's going to yeah. be summer soon. It's going to be like the equinox soon. So when are we getting that maple for the summer to celebrate the summer? So uh, yeah, we know that that is coming. We already all know the recipe if we were playing last year. So it, I think I don't think the recipe will change. Um, we will get a new item though for this again to celebrate midsummer. Oh, before you before you announce that uh, uh, about those maypoles, somebody in my YouTube comments yeah. asked why why do maypoles come out in June. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess they should be called June. Oh, poles. because. Mm. <laughs> I, well, I'm trying to remember when they came out last year. They must have come out around um, a, a, a bit earlier because I remember having them for quite a while. And then they got uh, removed like sometime in August or something or September. I was talking with Akia and he had mentioned that there's actually a holiday uh, 
when those type of things occur. Like it's not actually the 21st of June. Let me get a first day of summer. There's a, a specific holiday where, where that type of stuff happens. Mm. I can't remember the yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. It is a big, uh, unfortunately I don't know enough about Scandinavian uh, culture and holidays, but the, it, it is a big thing in, um, in that part of, uh, of Europe that, yeah, in the summer you have like all these celebra- celebrations of, of summer coming and, um, yeah, I think they do happen a bit earlier in June. It's yes, not necessarily it's, around the equinox. It's actually, it's actually, if I may. Yeah, go on. If you may, uh, the, Paul. The, uh-huh. the maples totally should have come out in May. Sorry. Sorry, Valheim. Sorry, Iron Gate. You guys missed this one. Um, so the maple dancing is a tradition for May Day. And it was... Um, introduced about 2000 years ago um in roman britain essentially and it's 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 to celebrate beltane or beltania mm-hmm. depending on how you an- pronounce it um but yeah beltane's in may thank you very much <laughs> so we're yeah. we're approaching midsummer which is a different celebration for pagan celebration but it is not the maple celebration so <laughs> Yeah, I have been waiting. Uh, I was like, "Are they just not going to release them this year?" I was, I was desperately sad that they had not released them because I did not expect them to show up. So, yeah. <laughs> well, at least now we know it's coming. But yeah, thanks for yes. the clarification. I, I, I hear about pagan holidays and stuff through you know my circles of uh, I don't know Viking enthusiasts, but. Um, but yeah, I wasn't sure on the dates and, uh, where they originate from and so on, but yeah, flower crowns are coming. So yes. that's a new thing that we're getting. We're getting the maple, but I guess as a, maybe a sorry, we're a bit late. <laughs> they, <laughs> they chucked in a, a flower crown in there. So that is going to be, uh, really exciting. And it looks like they're going to be using dandelions. So we finally have some use to <laughs> yeah. all these dandelions <laughs> that we're hoarding <laughs> all year round. Um, and yeah, apparently they give one armor as well. Flower crowns are a thing <laughs> for this. Yeah, time they year. are. Can I get that cross modded so yep. that I can have like the same armor as uh, like padded? Oh, you mean transmod? Transmogged? Transmodded, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it because it doesn't have a level on it, but uh, I'll have uh. to play with it to see if that's possible. <laughs> They do make a great decoration, though, if you put it on an item stand or even an armor stand. So I can see people doing all kinds of fun things or using the uh, item stand, all items to transform it and make it a giant, you know, circle around their hot tub or something. Yeah, but it's really it's really cool. And I am totally going to use those flower crowns as table decorations, as a centerpiece, and then stick a torch in the middle or something. Yes, you know, yes. Like, uh, it looks almost. It would look almost like wedding decorations, wedding yeah. pieces, yeah. like a candle and flowers. It does it. look more like for uh, formal events. Yeah, exactly. You could put uh, but, you could put yeah. all item stands and put the uh, shrink them down real small and offset them so they float on the top of your hot tub. So you have flowers in your bathtub. Oh, oh there you go. Oh my <laughs> word! <laughs> yeah, that is an excellent idea. Yeah, it's interesting to see what people do with the. Uh, the mods these days, pretty exciting. Yeah, stuff. I'm just happy to to have more greenery. To be honest, like to have more like things with flowers and plants because we're we're missing that a little bit as a decorative decorative items in the game. So yeah, that's cool. 
Um, and we're also getting something that I think a lot of us were hoping for that might be a bit of a hint for things to come, yep. which is new banners with new colors. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, you know, like we've been talking a lot on this podcast about wanting more customization, wanting more color options on armor and things like that. I wonder, I wonder if this is a first kind of test or first little teaser of things to come. So the new banners, the orange, the, the yellow and the purple are all the same exact pattern as the red one. So yeah. like just giving us the and ability the to, to dye them would be nice. Ah, uh, yes, the green one too. So yeah, mm -hmm. the ability to dye them would be nice. And the white one is just the same pattern as the black one, just in reverse. But uh, yeah. I'd love, so I think there's only three or four patterns. I would love the ability to just dye them any color I want, but mm, at least we have yeah. different, you know, more colors to choose from now. Hey, we mm -hmm. almost we and almost have a rainbow at this point. Yeah, just in time oh, for pride. Oh, just in time for pride. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The purple was quite a surprise. It's like a very. It's almost like magenta color. I guess it's like very bright. Um, okay, I'm going to be annoying and be <laughs> pedantic here, but I mean, I am glad to see. Well, white makes sense because white it, linen, it you know, bleach linen makes sense. Orange and yellow, I'm very, very glad to see because those would be very common colors to see in the Viking and any medieval or early medieval time because orange and yellow are very easy colors to do with natural dyes. Purple, purple would be reserved to the very rich. And I don't even think that, I, I'm not even sure that during the Viking age, they could achieve purple so easily. I know that in a bit later on in the 12th century they did, and purple would only be obtained with uh, uh, two options. I think it was like stuff from the Middle East and a, uh, a sort of snail, cochineal, I think it was called, a snail from far distant lands that you had to have a lot of them and you had to basically crush and ferment the, sales, the snails to get this purple color. And because of uh, just how far those um, things came from, the, 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 uh, the dye stuff, um, it was really only the very rich that could afford that sort of color. And that's why for a very long time in most of Europe, purple was a color that was reserved for royalty and for the church. Um, so there you go, a bit of history there. Um, so purple, I don't know if it would be <laughs> super uh, appropriate to have like purple everywhere in a Viking house, but yellow, white, orange, green, all those colors are very, yeah, very historically accurate, which uh, which I'm really happy about. Not sure about the bright blue and the bright reds. Again, very rich colors. You have to over dye a lot to get those colors, and only the very rich could get them. But yeah, otherwise, can't fault uh, Iron Gate too much for adding more colors. Well, they probably they probably googled it because there's tons of websites that just add purple as one of the common colors. Yeah, so I think purple, it would be, it really depends on the shade of purple. So yeah. you could get it, but you could actually mix blue and, and red to get a, like a, a light purple. But to get a very vibrant or deep purple, yeah, uh, it would be, you could only really achieve that with this um, kind of snail that you get only in the Mediterranean, I think. So it would have, yeah, needed to be traded in or, or brought in from quite a distance. Yeah, that, um, that, but hey, Vikings were big, uh, big traders. They that was oh, their yeah. main main thing. They were trading more than raiding. 
Yeah, absolutely. Trading and, and farming. I, I remember reading that Vikings um, yeah. did a lot of farming. Most people just think of them as, you know, these horned helmet wearing barbarians on ships. Barbarians, yeah. Europe. <laughs> I hope they had the farming yeah. mod. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> farming a little easier. Well, maybe they had uh, plows and carts that could be pulled by... Uh, by locks? Cattle. By locks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah by locks. <laughs> Yeah. So as part of the uh, uh, this patch uh, in the public test branch, there's also a number of fixes and improvements more on a technical level. And I believe that it was mentioned in the last post, the Steam community post that they did a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it was all the cloud sync issues that they were mentioning that they wanted to fix. So um, the, the fixes read uh, Unity updated to version 2020.3.33 should reduce crashes. Uh, tame, oh, so yeah, so that's just an update of Unity, I guess. Uh, tamed animals now follow the player into Haldor's force field. Mm. So that is, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I never noticed that they didn't because I guess I never really took my pet wolves to Haldor's, but uh, yeah, now you can put them in safety. Um, tweaks to Yaglov's hair so it no longer flies around in the air. <laughs> I have, Again, I it's not something that. I've noticed. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was no. a feature. Oh, <laughs> so you've was seen it? it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like static hair just floating around. Uh, yeah, so they tweaked that, I guess, to improve the animation. Um, console, uh, console command exclusive full screen is now toggable. I have no clue what that means. I'm guessing... It's for people playing on the Steam Deck? Toggleable? It probably means you don't have to restart the the game to get it. You can just uh, switch it to exclusive full screen mode and the game will just go into that mode rather than windowed mode. You might have had okay. to have restart the game for that. Oh, possible, possible. Um, and then mods can now set an is, mod, well, is modded flag to let players and all support know the game is modded. Okay, so Jirak, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've got stuff to say about that because I believe this is essentially to try to filter through some of the most common help desk uh, requests from players claiming that there might be bugs or things, problems in the game when really those problems are not in the game, they're caused by mods. So I guess now they have an easier way to identify if a mod is being used or not so that they can go through those uh, like help um support requests quicker. Yeah, even I'm guilty of that. Uh, I've posted on their channel that the game is, there's a bug in the game. I think actually was one that Morning found and it turned out to be a mod. She told me, if you remember Morning, that there was snow yeah. appearing in places where it shouldn't. <laughs> so I went in there and I reported, oh, that there's, there's snow appearing and I posted a picture. And then we uninstalled the mod and then there was no snow there. So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, they, it helps them to know, uh, cause I hang out in their channels, uh, once in a while too, when I'm working or at doing video editing, I'll just have the channels scrolling by. And I see a lot of people saying, I have this problem. I have that problem. And then most, uh, it seems like more than half of the problems are mod related. And now they have a flag that, uh, I guess happens, uh, so that they can yeah. tell if your game version is modded. And that will just that's, help people to figure that out and not blame Iron. That's Gate really for good. It. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I mean, that's also really good to really help root out some of the issues. Cause I know, I know some people have really been struggling and they don't use mods yeah. and yeah. some people like me where I'm just like, Oh, this seems really wrong. I mean, it's not changing gameplay, so I'm not going to worry about it, but this is really weird. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, the, they fixed some issues regard, regarding the steam cloud saves, uh, so I think that will just make things run smoother for everyone. I think it's just transfer. Someone explained it to me on a on like a YouTube comment that essentially it's transferring the um, way the where the game saves to Steam rather than wherever it was saved before. Um, so it should fix some of the issues of uh, saves not working properly and whole worlds being uh, erased and so on. Reverted. Yeah, I actually know a story that, about this too. If you if you want to hear it, I don't know. Sure, uh, go for it. Okay, uh, I know someone who I've been doing no map with, and she um, she had a world, and she you know would go all the way up to like day three hundred, four hundred something, and the world would revert back to day thirty. Oh no! Oh my! And this gosh. this happened like five or six times in a row. Ouch. And so she's like, I am so sick and tired of building this stupid castle that I have been <laughs> it's like farming. Groundhog Day. Oh, like, yeah. No, it was brutal. <laughs> so I'm really glad to hear that they're fixing that. Oh, yeah. That's, I remember reading through it, had uh, some part of it had something to do with if uh, multiple people uh, would log in to Steam on, on the same computer, then the save games would get mixed up somehow. But Whatever it is, I'm glad they fixed that because, yeah, it, it, that's one of the things that terrifies me running a server. You know, I back it up once in a while in addition to the automatic backups that happen. But yeah, if we lost, uh, I mean, what are we on day 11,000 or 12,000 now? If, if, if it reverted back to some earlier time, especially day 30, <laughs> a lot of people would be upset. Yeah. yeah when you, when you get like a, a 10 minute rollback, people are, uh, yeah. Hey, hey what I happened? just mined all this copper. What happened? Yeah. That also sometimes causes item duplication and stuff. Because if you take something from a chest and it's on your character, your character saved, then the world rolls back and then that thing is still back in the chest and then you have it on your character also. Uh, yeah. So that, that can pose issues, but different than single player saved games. And it sounds like that's mainly what they fix there. Uh, but mm -hmm. some of the new videos we posted, uh, as uh, Morning was mentioning earlier, I did do a quick little video on the public test branch, Midsummer Crowns, and uh, reintroduction of the Maypoles. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get my item stand all items to work with it, so I could do some weird, funky stuff and resize it and spin it around and whatnot, or make it flow to my uh, hot tub. But uh, it did show some interesting little things about that. And then I showed all the uh, colored banners and and how... There's recycling the pattern on the red and the green one and then and the black one for the white one. I was really kind of hoping we'd get some new patterns, but, you know, I guess that's an easy way to give us new content just to go in there and change the color and, and put that out. So at least we have the color, even if we don't actually have a new asset. And yeah, I'd love to see yeah. the ability to just dye existing fabrics. That would be nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and what about you, Morning? you post anything new in the videos this last week? I'm almost back to full schedule. Uh, yeah, I did no map last week. We're going to do no map again this week, which I'll have already done by the time this podcast is released. 
Um, but last week we finished, uh, well, I finished my storage hut that I made, oh. which I'm kind of excited about. I'm actually going to post it on Valhemians. It's, it's all of the crafting materials in chests in labeled in the way that Kondo labels the chests where you embed the sign into the chest itself. Oh yeah. So you never tap the sign to like when you're trying to get to the item and you're like, Oh, I didn't want to undo the writing of that. And you know, <laughs> so that never happens with this. Yeah. And it's all of the crafting items in alphabetical in a circle, like in a perfectly round hut. And then I have the boss drop items. I have the, uh, trophies by biome uh, and then i have columns where it's four chests of wood four chests of stone two chests of fine wood two chests of core wood in like three columns and i'm actually really really proud of it <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i finished my storage hut and then we found the elder <laughs> Ooh, did you give him the business we haven't yeah. killed it yet because it. Uh, I wanted to wait until other people could could come back this week. So we're going to uh, kill the elder this week on uh, Wednesday. So two days ago when the podcast <laughs> releases, <laughs> and then we were sailing some tin back from the elder to our main base. But you know we're still kind of trying to figure out where all the islands are and how they're shaped and whatnot. And I died. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Did you manage to recover your gear? Or yeah, yeah. So I was with, there were two, There, it was me and another player, Bonnie. And she has this vendetta against trolls that like. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> so we were, we saw a troll cave. We were jumping out of the boat to get the troll. And then a troll uh, spawned outside of the cave right as we were getting on shore and it was a log troll and I didn't I had just hopped out of the water I didn't have any stamina I was trying to run away from the troll and I got swacked so Bonnie was able to go in and find some fine wood and she found a a, a burial chamber so she could get the cores and then like the thing that took the longest was getting the great orifice when you need them the most they're the <laughs> hardest to get um but yeah so we were able to at least get the portal back to the boat up so i could get my body and all of that so we still haven't found the base yet but i've been dreaming about how to navigate better all week and hopefully i'll come up with some some tricks and shenanigans for wednesday tomorrow tomorrow nice <laughs> Well, at least somebody was giving business, even if it wasn't you to the elder, it was the troll to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then I have done a couple of videos. I finally got to adventuring. I haven't actually gotten to play on Jurox Playground server or resource server in almost a month. So I went and I, I finally got to go and get enough Fenris hair to upgrade my Fenris armor. Yay. Nice. And then <laughs> and then last night I finished some POIs for season two. Ooh, I'll have to go check those so, out later. <laughs> they need review, yes. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. What what about you, Glenn? Did you get any videos up this last week? Since you've been back? Uh, yeah, since I've been back, yesterday I've done a stream. Uh I did a build tour of uh, one of the players on our on Jurok's uh, uh, Viking playground uh, called uh, Ragnar. He is an amazing player. He was actually one of the very first players of the server. Uh, he joins a couple of days after me, I think. 
And he built some incredible builds, I remember at the time. I, I can't remember if we ever got to actually tour any on our server tours, but uh, incredible builds, uh, incredible builder. Then he took a bit of a break and he returned a, a couple of weeks ago. And he's been working the past two weeks on this amazing castle on top of a mountain. Uh, I, I knew by his uh, previous builds that it would be pretty amazing. And he was like, yeah, this is like next next level. It's a, definitely a step up. So I was really excited. And uh, yeah, I took uh, Bambi and Gorth, two of our admins and, uh, uh, and, and friends from the server, uh, on the tour with me. And we were all like, yeah, draw to the floor when we saw the build. I was able to do a few free fly uh a bit of free flying camera around the build because you really need to see it in like the whole thing, not just from the ground. It is so amazing, so beautiful. Uh, yeah, wonderful castle. So yeah, the 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 whole stream took a while because like we well we got a bit distracted and shenanigans happened. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the I have added some chapters. So if you want to skip straight to see the the castle, you can. Uh, so yeah, on my, on my YouTube channel and, uh, yeah, it's, if you like castles and you want inspiration for building, especially building like castles on top of mountains, definitely check that out because it's wonderful. And apparently he took inspiration from another YouTuber, um, who, who did a similar build and, uh, yeah, he made it his own style, his own, um, yeah, stamp on it. And what I really liked is that not only the build itself is beautiful and blends in really nicely with the mountain, but also some of the decorative touches that he's done. He's used the, I think for the first time he was saying he was using the all items, all stands mod and also the resizing option, which unfortunately you don't see on my stream because I hadn't activated it. Uh, but even without that, apparently it was only some, some small subtle touches um, he was able to create some pretty uh, creative uh, things like a mini potted tree out of abomination trophies and stuff like that, which actually you can't, you don't need this mod to do that. You can do that in vanilla, but like, yeah, lots of really cool little ideas that you can take from uh, that stream, just watching the the build tour. Uh, yeah, definitely a few ideas that I'm taking for my future builds. Nice. Yeah, you see, I'll have to check out that video. I'm, I saw you post it, but I haven't got, checked it out yet. Yeah, I saw some of that, and uh, it was just a stunning build. Mm -hmm. Stunning. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, speaking of what's going on on the server, we're going to talk a little bit about some server events and updates. Uh, morning, do you want to get us started? Sure. So uh, we missed this last week. So I have two weeks to announce and welcome new members to our server. So with the greatest capacity of our hearts we would like to welcome Doombringer, <laughs> Stickin, Raging Viper, Ander Erling, and Dover to the server. Yeah, welcome new, yeah, new players. Yeah, welcome everyone. And as always, you guys can all ask all your questions in any of the chats. All the players are super helpful and if you can't get an answer from them and you need to elevate it, you always tag at helper and one of the staff will see it and, and try to help you out. But yeah, welcome. And Glenn, how about you? What's been going on for server events and news? Well, I have, uh, from the distance uh, <laughs> of uh, York, I was able to uh, follow a little bit on Discord what was going on. I saw that there was 
A couple of raids uh, happened on our resource server, on our hotel New Womi, which is the hotel that we build every two weeks for the use of the community, for people to have like a rested spot, a place to store their uh, the materials that they've uh, been grinding on the resource server and a bed to respawn. And yeah, Hotel Nuomi came under attack a couple of times, I think, uh, from various mobs. And I think, Halitosis Kid, you were there. You helped uh, fend off some of those raids. Yeah, I was there for the troll raid. I, I heard there was later a, a wraith raid, but the it was a tremendous amount of fun, mostly because there was something at stake as opposed to, and I mean, a lot of the events are really fun, but this one was personal. I spent <laughs> a long time building that hotel and 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 for me to have the chance to defend it, you know, that's uh that was nice. I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna invite more calamity on the hotel, but uh I, I would enjoy <laughs> I would enjoy that type of thing in the future. Nice. Well yeah, and the resource server, because it does reset with a new seat and a new map every two weeks, that that hotel, that temporary hotel is the perfect thing right now to have raids on that the players have a little bit at stake and, and have to defend as opposed to doing it on the permanent server. However, if anybody on the permanent server would like to invite a raid on their permanent base or house or castle or whatever it be, you can always let us know and we can arrange an event and see how well you can defend it and maybe recruit some of the other players to help you do that. Let's see. So some other server news. We had the great folding was this week. So there is a new hotel up ready for new raids to happen. And during while, while that new hotel uh, was being built uh, in the town, they call new Omi because on the main server, they have the town of Naomi, one of the first town built on the server. Uh, the event that happened was uh, I set up uh, two frost caves that were reinforced with much higher level uh, mobs than normal Everything was boosted to two stars and given two or three times the amount of health. And they each had about two or three times the normal amount of mobs inside, which is great for looting, especially like in Morning's case, needing some more Fenris hair. You can get that because the two stars drop more and there's more of them. And I also uh, hid some uh, chests throughout the cave in very awkward little spots that the players had to figure out. And for me, it's easy because in admin mode, I, I, I brighten up the lighting inside in admin mode, but with that dark cave environment, it's harder to see and find the chests in the little places that I hid them. But the players had a lot of fun and, and they found them pretty quickly, uh, actually. So not too bad. Something else we have fun. We have going on on the servers is, uh, one of our players is working uh, with the community on a new Stargate system. And I'm hoping to see that that comes uh, actually, you know, happens and the players are, hel are, are helping because th this would be such a great thing. So the, we were trying to figure out how to get the players around to all of the wonderful builds on the server. You know, we have portals, uh, portal hubs, and there's hundreds of portals all over the server because of how many players there are. But Having a system where you could just place one portal with a name on it and have a central hub where the, you know, the Stargate hub where you have one, two or three portals that are always left blank and unconnected. And then you have signs along the wall that you can just dial the Stargate to just like in the show Stargate or the movie. 
you dial it to the portal that you want to visit. And then, so all the people who have interesting builds would submit the name of their portal, their Stargate portal. And then you just dial in. That's the only portal that can connect to it. So if you show up there, you know who that that portal is connected to somewhere. So there must be somebody visiting that place. And uh, I suggested a login system too for the Stargate. So there'd be a sign next to the Stargate. So you can see who's dialing in. So you can contact them if you want to disconnect it to go somewhere else and visit one of the other builds. This way we don't leave somebody stranded at one of the builds because you turn off the Stargate and dial it up somewhere else. So that will be fun if we can get that going. That is so creative. That is so creative and wonderful. So now we're going to talk about one of the things we love talking about, and it is things we'd like to see changed in game. It's already great, and they have a lot of new content coming, but there's always room for improvement. That said, HK, what would you like to see changed if you had a magic button to press? Well, I have more than one, but I think the currently the thing I want the most is the ability to not have my hammer wind up on an item stand. That would oh. be nice. <laughs> it's, it steals your hammer, doesn't it? Yeah, all the time, especially now that I'm using that all item stand mod. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, long term, I'd love to see uh, like a dedicated creative mode. And I know we can do that with mods, but uh, oh, you're- but it would be nice to not have to remember all the admin commands and, and something like that. So you're you know, cheating. Maybe. You're slipping in a second one for a future episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm cheating. Yeah. So you, you don't want your hammer stolen. Good. Okay. That's yours. That's, that's it. Yes. <laughs> Morning. How about you? One thing you would like to change, what would it be? All right. So you know how we have like waterways and, and rivers and uh, island lakes and inlet seas. Yes. I want aqueducts i want like more of this i want to be able to create more of this i want to see more of it you know it's so rare to find a lake and i really really want like a lake house (laughs) oh and it has to be basically in lowland area right because the water level we don't have any water up high like in hills or mountains or anything yeah mountain lakes that would be amazing to have like Some of the mountains, yes, springs, exactly. So that they're all rivers flowing down the mountain and then creating those little uh, lakes like you can see in in the mountains. But, 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 but the problem with that, although I have the same wish, (laughs) I think the problem with water... Mm -hmm. uh, Is that it, the physics of it in the game. I know. It doesn't, the water doesn't flow. I know. That's one of the problems that they have where that's why they can't really create... um, uh, things like uh, waterfalls and so on. It right. would be like a total rewrite of the way water is is, is working. However, because with the tar pits, <laughs> they have added those physics of flow, like uh, liquid kind of flowing and mm-hmm. uh, moving from one point to another. There's been talks about, oh, is that going to mean that we will see that with water in the future? But I, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I feel like we asked that or someone asked that to one of the devs while doing an interview and they said that probably not in the near future. Yeah. No. So, I mean, uh, you know, shortlist, I would love to see more randomization where they just create more rivers, yeah. more uh, inland seas, more more little mini lakes. Like that would be really cool if there was just, if those were more common even you know five percent more common would make a huge difference 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I would love to have waterfalls or springs or, you know, but yeah, no, I know that the, the way the, the water, the water in the world is at one level and it's yep. all over the world, no matter. Yes. Yeah, so I totally get it. I get the physics, but yeah, that's what I would love to see. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't really understand the water system until I had a no clip mode in admin and when you fly into the ground, uh, you basically see the water at water level. Yeah. And it's it just so the water, the ocean, whatever the water, it's everywhere. The entire world's covered in water. And it, it yeah, it's one entity, isn't it? It's just one object yep. that covers the whole world. Yeah. And then well, they've obviously managed to figure out how to have some sort of a water object for the hot tubs. I know that uh, Morning Darkness, mm. you did something with that. Yeah, the yeah the water in the hot tub is definitely something they've been able to do, and you can put fish in it, and they'll move around just like they would in mm. in regular water. So, they can do yeah. a big water container like that. Then maybe there's hope for the future, right? Mm. Yeah, and I wonder yeah. if that's how the how the tar pits work is maybe they have a water container and that has a level that mm. can fall. Well, Gwen, what about you? You want to change something in Valheim, and you push the button, and what happens? So again, on going on about customization and more outfits for, for characters, <laughs> I'm never going to stop on that. Uh, well, now that I've seen the flower crowns, I want more hats. Mm. I want more just like random decorative everyday hats because you shouldn't, as a Viking, have to walk around in your padded helmet while farming or, you know, cooking. It doesn't make sense. You, you should have just an everyday hat for everyday chores. Yeah. And so I because they we have the Yule hat and we have the crowns now for summer. I hope that for the in between seasons we get some nice knitted uh knitted hats like the proper Viking null binding. It's a it's a type of knitting that the Norse cultures did and uh that would be that would be nice to have that sort of thing in game. Just more more different different uh outfit options. So that we don't need to run around in armor and, uh, yeah, helmets all the time. Yeah, I've always, I always thought that that hooded look was a little, it didn't really feel Viking, the uh, the troll hood, mm. or uh, that they that they didn't really feel like a Viking time thing. I mean, I'm sure it was. It's easy enough to do a hood and a cape, well, big squares of cloth. Yes. So th that's the thing, right? hoods were very common. The problem with the design of the hoods in the game is they look like modern hoodie hoods, not like Viking hoods. And I I have this crazy project, long-term thing. I don't know when I'll ever have time to do this, but I want to try to recreate a little bit more historically accurate version of some of the hoods in the game. Mm. Like what shape they would have had and using uh, fabrics and colors uh, like as close as possible as the ones in the game, but still kind of authentic <laughs> that it could pass for a Viking, a real Viking one. What are you um, going to use for troll just, hide? <laughs> for troll hide, it would probably just wool, wool for okay. all of them. Yeah. Um, but just, uh, yeah, just, it's more about the shape really. It's like, uh, it's just a few things. If they had made the hood look a bit more triangular, uh, like a bit more pointy at the back and with a triangle at the front that comes down to your chest, that would have looked super authentic. Mm. 
Instead, we get this kind of, I mean, the troll leather hood is even weirder because it doesn't actually close up at the front. So it's like, how how is it holding on your head? It's just like a folded piece of cloth, basically. <laughs> it doesn't attach, like it doesn't attach around your neck. So I don't know. Well, and I remember watching that YouTube channel that you sent me, and I've been watching a lot of his videos, the, the Welsh Viking. The Welsh Viking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love him. Yeah, and he was talking He's about the, the tunics uh, in the game, in, in not in the game, but in in Viking Age. You know, mostly made out of wool because that's common. But it was long mm-hmm. and it went down to your knees at minimum, and probably yeah. longer that than that in most cases. And so I was looking at the Valheim outfits, and the tunics don't go anywhere near the knees. It's a it's no, like mid thigh. They barely cover your butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I could I just hear his voice saying, "Nope, Valheim's not very accurate," <laughs> or uh, you know. Well, yeah, I, th- I think he did a video where he talked about Valheim because he, or like, of course, like every Viking enthusiast, he played Valheim when it came out. So I think about a year ago, he did a video where he was talking about um uh, about all the things in game, and I I can't remember what he said about. I, I'm guessing what he said about the outfits, but I remember him saying that the. The boats, the ships, the ships that we have in the game are pretty accurate. Mm. Um, in yeah, they're pretty nicely done. Oh yeah, his. But yeah, the outfits will will have to <laughs> will have to try again. <laughs> yeah, I see his that video now. I have not watched because I just started working my way through his videos backwards. I have to go watch that one. Yeah, it's uh yeah. So my one of my long term projects for potentially for my channel is uh, I, I do want to recreate some of the stuff in Valheim, um, probably starting with clothing, but do it in a bit more of a historical version of it, trying to blend basically the world of Valheim and the living history that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Well, so if I could change anything in game, it would be to do uh, to basically just add creative and admin tools to the game. We, we don't really have those at all in a multiplayer uh, environment, and we have very limited ones in single player. And so we, we interviewed the modder, Ayurde Kusala, a few weeks ago, and his three mods, almost every feature from those three mods are desperately needed for creative uh, and admin mode. Then uh, that would be dev, server dev commands, Infinity Hammer, and World Edit. Without those... I, I would be ha- crippled, handicapped running a server or trying to do creative uh, the creative stuff the way that I, I want to do them. And so I'd love to see those tools added to the to the base game. Because I do worry, you know, this is one modder, and I know that there are other modders out there, but what happens if Yurde, something happens to him in real life or he, you know, he life takes him away from his modding, then the... Yeah, then we then we lose <laughs> the ability to use those mods, and that would just be super tragic. So I'd love to see them make it into the base game of Valheim. So we're gonna talk about us the for the listeners who've made it to the last five or the last five percent of listeners who've made it to the end of the <laughs> podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Some interesting facts about us, Gwen. Would you like to start? Yeah, and for this week, I thought we'd spice things up (laughs) and we are going to be talking about food. And instead of doing the classic, oh, what's your favorite food? Here's a little question that I'll uh, pose you all. If you had one food or one dish, let's say, that you have to eat for the rest of your days because you're stranded on an island, which dish would you pick? (laughs) And uh, yeah, let's start with, uh, with you, MD. With me? 
Well, I'm going to totally twist what you, you're asking for on its end. Of course I do. Uh, I used to be a nutritionist and well, and I also took a number of classes on how to identify edible plants and how to harvest different animals, that sort of thing. So I would actually eat what was on the island. I'd be very content with doing all kinds of things. But for me, what it's really about is spices. And so if I could pick one spice that I could forever have with me, oh, I'd have to pick between one of two. Um, I would pick either garlic or uh, just yellow curry. And the reason why I would actually probably mm. lean more towards garlic, um, but you can roast it, you can slice it raw, you can dry it out and powder it. You can do all kinds of different things for different flavor profiles. And so for me, I could eat anything on that island that you threw at me as long as I could harvest salt from the water and as long as I could have some garlic. Okay, so the island has n- nice. no, no animals or, or food that can grow. So you, you <laughs> just, bring, you up, you just bring endless boxes of garlic with you? Uh, garlic right, salad. All garlic right. for breakfast. All right. All right. Like, what's one no food vampires, you'd bring? You can't eat thing. everything on the island. That's not fair. <laughs> Fine, fine. <laughs> I would choose eggs. Oh. Eggs? I you would. can do a lot with eggs. You can do a lot with eggs. So, but what kind <laughs> of eggs would you dish. bring? Like, just, it's one dish. dish. What dish would you bring? Would you bring scrambled eggs? Would you bring I, deviled eggs? I, would you bring uh, egg salad? Would you bring, like, what, what dish would you bring with you? And you have to eat that same dish three times a day, every day for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. I would choose Southwestern salad there. Oh, there you go. See, that's a good choice. Southwestern salad is tasty. <laughs> What's in Southwestern salad? Uh, so it's Te- usually. Teach me the uh, uh, uncultured European. <laughs> it's usually like a combination of like romaine lettuce and some cabbage and some carrots and radishes or maybe some other sub- sorts of things. Tortilla chips, uh, pepitas, Beans, maybe? feta or cotija cheese. What's that? Uh, uh, maybe some beans, black beans, or maybe some, some kind beans. Of, yeah. yeah, maybe some, some beans. Some kind of uh, uh, cilantro dressing of some kind. Right, a cilantro vinaigrette of some kind. Yeah, that's that's what a southwestern salad would be to me. And avocado. Oh, avocado, tomato. Avocado. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And f- and for the meat eaters, grilled chicken, of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we finally pulled it out of you. Nice. Either Fine. boxes of garlic or southwestern chicken salad. <laughs> Boxes of garlic. Although I have to agree with you, I do love me some garlic, and I could eat that a lot. Right? Yeah, you can you can roast it and spread it on bread. You can, yeah, you can do all kinds of things. Yeah. (laughs) So, what about you, uh, Alatosis kid? What's what's your one dish that uh, you're doomed to eat until the rest of Uh, your life, until the rest of your days? I would say until the end of your days. The end of my days. (laughs) So the rest of my life, every day, three times a day, I would say lamb passanda, uh, sometimes mm. known as lamb korma. Mm. And if I could sneak some mm. naan on the side, I would do that too. <laughs> it could be part of the dish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like in, in, How, an Indian food choice for you, which I, I- For sure. Yeah. I've tasted a lot of different foods from around the world, and I pretty much enjoy something from almost every style. But for me, I think Indian food is one of the most flavor packed. I always love my yeah. food super, super mm-hmm. spicy and super, super flavorful. So yes, Indian food for me, and it would have to be chicken tikka masala. 
And any, my wife and all my friends, if they, if you ask them that question on my behalf, they would look at you and say, "Chicken tikka masala, duh." <laughs> That's all. Yeah, that was my that was my favorite before <laughs> lamb pasanda. So, mm. so ah. I'm, I'm there, right there with you. Nice. But you should try lamb pasanda. Yeah, it looks delicious here on the uh, thing. And I might have had the corm. You said it was called corm. That actually sounds more for Cor- corma. Corma. Yeah, corma. Yeah, corma. Yeah. 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 That, they're That's very the, uh, si- they're cor- very similar. They're not exactly the same, but some restaurants don't have pasanda, so you have to get the korma. Yeah, but isn't korma quite mild? Isn't that yeah, like the super see, I, the most the mildest option? I can't do I can't food? do the spices. My stomach won't take it. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, so, so it, I'm too much of a wuss. It, it looks just like a a mu- very mild version of tikka masala, actually. To me, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> it's, it's got a different taste though. It's got it's got a very different taste. I think tikka masala has a lot there's of a the, there's uh, a sweetness to spice. tikka masala yeah. that that this the korma is more savory. Mm. So awesome! How about you, Gwen? I huh, so I'm lucky to have grown up with uh, some of the best cuisines in the world: uh, French food and Japanese food, and I also love Italian. I think. If I had to pick just a country to just eat from for the rest of my life, I think Italian would probably be my choice. But if I had to pick a dish, mm-hmm. uh, it would have to be either some sort of uh, stew, uh, like meat-based stew, just because it's got a bit of everything. It's got like the tasty uh, sauce, it's got vegetables, it's got meat. So it would be quite a healthy-ish balanced food. Uh, but I think if it was really something I had to eat three times a day for the rest of my life, I think I would pick sushi, actually. Oh, sushi. Yeah, they can prepare that in quite a lot of different ways. Yeah, exactly. Because you have such a big variety of fish that you can eat. And also like uh, like vegetarian sushi, I guess you could have uh, maki. Uh, So And also very healthy. It's uh, not for nothing that Japanese people are some of... The people who live the longest, who have the longest life expectancy is because of all the very healthy foods um, they eat. So, Assume- yeah, a very long life of eating only sushi. <laughs> That's That sounds fine to me. <laughs> Assuming mercury-free meat. So, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I'm on an island, maybe it's fresh fish from the ocean that I fish myself to make myself my own su- sushi. Although uh, that means that I need to have a rice cooker and good Japanese rice. See, I was under the impression that it was teleported in, you know, via some sort of like, <laughs> you know, GM on the, you know. Now this is Star Trek, and we live in the year twenty four hundred, and we just have a, a, a one of those replicator machines that just replicators make your food for you every day. But it only has one thing on the menu. It's broken. It's broken. It only has one thing. <laughs> is there a particular style of sushi or fish that you you would get if we push you to the same Ooh. requirement as we did with uh, morning to say I would eat this kind of sushi prepared mm. this way? Mm-hmm. That's only fair. Southwestern sushi. Southwestern sushi. <laughs> Southwestern sushi. <laughs> California uh, rolls. No, oh, Ooh. actually, yeah, California rolls are quite nice. It's got avocado and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Mm, see, we got you in the Southwestern. Maybe, yeah, too. yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe a, a California roll just because it's got vegetables in it. Otherwise, if it's like if we go down the more traditional route, I would probably say a good tuna, like fresh tuna nigiri. So just the the rice with the tuna on top, yeah, with a slice uh, with a side of um, a shiso leaf, which is this uh, very fragrant leaf that you eat 
with the tuna and the combination of two is just oh, the best thing in the world. And if you have a tuna that's uh, really nice and fresh, or if you get maguro tuna, which is uh, the very fatty tuna, quite expensive as well, uh, the thing just melts in your mouth. It's beautiful. So tuna California rolls, that's all you get to eat for the rest of your life. Got it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Or, or ice cream, maybe, but that's not very nourishing. I would probably not live very long and have right. diabetes. Now, this after replicator a month. machine adds all the nutrients needed all to live nutrients. long and healthy life. <laughs> so, so, oh, then in that case, it's ice cream. I was going to say. <laughs> Everybody's backtracking and choosing things that taste good. Now. Oh, yeah. I still stick with chicken tikka masala. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. I appreciate yeah, it. Good time. That's it for now. Have fun out there. Thank you for listening to Podheim, Jirox Valheim podcast. We have new episodes coming out every Friday. And if you enjoyed listening, please support us by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a rating and a review to help more Vikings find us. We also have a Patreon with perks for supporters like behind the scenes discussions, exclusive content, and segments that are edited out of the main podcast. And if you'd like to join our friendly Discord community, we have more than a thousand people there. Just go to discord.gg slash the Viking. If you'd like to play on my Valheim servers, just go to my website at jirokthevikingcom and submit an application. I'd like to give a huge shout out to my supporters. Some of them on Patreon, the YouTube membership, and the ones who help boost our Discord server. Your support means the world to me and inspires me to make more videos, as well as run a community Discord and multiple Valheim gaming servers. If you enjoy my videos and would like to support my work, join our friendly Discord community and Valheim servers, links can be found in the description below. Skull!